This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, October 28th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Here's today's headlines. State studies canal needs. Judge denies environmental lawsuits. Critics plan new challenge to Dicamba. And electric vehicles worry ag retailers. Water Commission looks at financing canal repairs. The California Water Commission discussed options for repairing and maintaining conveyance systems in the San Joaquin Valley at a recent meeting to discuss financing. While most funding comes from water districts, Ellen Haddock of the Public Policy Institute of California laid out a few options for the state, such as analyzing and shedding light on what makes a smart strategy, continuing to fill funding gaps through bond programs, spurring innovative collaborations, facilitating pooling of resources and low-cost borrowing, aligning its regulatory approach to make it easier for folks to use the grid as well. Hanek worried a proposed valley-wide sales tax to pay for the upgrades would be too regressive, impacting vulnerable populations hardest. Doug Obegi of the Natural Resources Defense Council called it magical thinking to believe new conveyance projects could be built. He also supported the beneficiary pays model to ensure that we are really making smart investment with limited money. Justin Fredericks of the California Farm Bureau said the beneficiaries are not necessarily adverse to that approach, but it requires a bottom-up strategy and more public investment. Scott Hamilton, a consultant for the Water Blueprint, argued that without those investments, a million acres of farmland will be fallowed, hurting tax revenues for local, state, and federal governments. And on that note, the commission is hosting a listening tour on the conveyance needs and funding options through the lens of the governor's climate resilience portfolio. The commission has yet to release dates. You can read about the failure to fund the Temperance Flat Reservoir in the AgriPulse West newsletter later this morning. Judge denies environmentalists in a lawsuit over farm water. A state judge last week denied three petitions by environmental groups challenging a 2018 regulation approved by the state water board, according to the California Farm Bureau. The East San Joaquin order added new monitoring and reporting requirements related to groundwater. The Farm Bureau and other ag groups intervened in the litigation, defending the Central Valley Water Board's five-year effort to develop the program. The court's decision in these three cases is important for irrigated agriculture throughout the state, said Farm Bureau's Carrie Fisher. Keep in mind... The East San Joaquin Order set the foundation for the Central Coast Water Board's Draft Ag Order 4.0. That proposal is using its calculation for nitrogen inputs to set a cap on fertilizer applications. Ag retailers worry over electric vehicles. The Agriculture Retailers Association says U.S. light duty and freight vehicle consumption of ethanol would drop drastically if internal combustion engines are banned. The new study released yesterday says if internal combustion engines are banned by 2035, then by 2050, ethanol consumption could drop by up to 90% to 1.1 billion gallons, and biodiesel consumption could decline by up to 61% to eight-tenths billion gallons. 
Last month, California Governor Gavin Newsom announced the state would require all new passenger vehicles to be zero emission by 2035. Proposals that seek to rush this ban to 2035 have the most severe impacts, but any ban results in dramatic decreases in ethanol, biodiesel, corn, and soybean prices, and demand for fertilizer and other agricultural products, ARA said in releasing the new study. These are burdens carried disproportionately by the agriculture community. Now keep in mind, Biden's environmental plan would promote the shift to EVs by installing a half million charging stations nationwide by the end of 2030. ADM sells and ships first U.S. commercial load of rice to China. The first ever commercial shipment of U.S. rice that was cleared to enter China yesterday was just 20 metric tons but it's expected to be the beginning of a long-term and robust trade that clears the way for future trade. As seasoned exporters, this small shipment of California milled rice sounded routine at the outset, but the many logistical challenges of exporting to this new market proved to be one of our most complex transactions to date, said Buzz Burick, vice president of ADM Rice. We hope this initial collaborative effort will lead to increased sales of U.S. rice to China and contribute to stronger trade relations between both nations. Ted McKinney, USDA's Undersecretary for Trade, expressed optimism in a Monday night webinar hosted by the USA Rice Federation and aimed primarily at Chinese importers. We look forward to increased engagement with China as we build on the progress begun by year one of the phase one agreement, McKinney said. You can read the full report at agripulse.com. FCC prepared to launch rural broadband auction. The Federal Communications Commission is launching a reverse auction tomorrow to provide $16 billion in new funding for rural broadband. The money will be distributed to eligible applicants who build out high-speed service in wholly unserved rural areas. The funding will connect roughly 10.2 million Americans. It's the biggest step we've taken yet to address the digital divide, FCC Chairman Ajit Pai told reporters yesterday. A future round of funding will address locations in partially unserved census blocks using more granular data collection related to broadband coverage. We're building a ship and setting sail while the compass is still on back order, said FCC Commissioner Jessica Rosenworcel during a commission meeting. She was referring to the commission missing a provision in the Broadband Data Act that required the FCC to adopt new broadband coverage mapping rules by September 2020. Ag groups welcome dicamba decision. Farm groups are cheering EPA's decision on over-the-top use of dicamba for five years with some new restrictions on how the herbicide is applied. With those added restrictions, it should give an insurance policy or safety net to be able to fall back on to make sure we don't damage any crops around us. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall told AgriPulse, He said the move by EPA would provide certainty to many cotton and soybean growers and said they would be able to adapt the new restrictions. But also keep in mind, the environmental groups that won a court victory earlier this year when the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals vacated registrations of three dicamba herbicides are vowing to sue again. 
George Kimbrell, the Center for Food Safety's legal director, said the EPA, quote, rushed reapproval as a political prop just before the election, sentencing farmers and the environment to another five years of unacceptable damage. You can read our report on the EPA decision and the new restrictions at agripulse.com. Here's today's He Said It. Instead of blaming the Trump administration for their problems, perhaps they should look to it for guidance. That EPA administrator Andrew Wheeler in an op-ed firing back on the Newsom administration over the role of climate change in escalating wildfires. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, October 28th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.